Let's rock. Hello, yes, Dan Eisen here. This is the master of Tiger style, Lee Moriarty, Dominic Carini. This is Trey Lamar. This is Zoe Sky. This is Nick fucking Gage. This is Bobby Beverly, and you're listening to the IWTV Guide Podcast. Welcome to another edition of IWTV Guide, your guide to what's on independentwrestling.tv. I'm Jared Jayhawk Hawkins. I'm being joined by Jay Gold. Hey, what's up, Jayhawk? It's been a week. If you know, you know. Hmm. And also being joined by Marky. Oh, uh, all right. So we got the, got a lot of news that happened since the last time we record. We'll get to most of it during the review. How was everybody? I've been about two weeks recorded, but about four days that the show came out. I think the way it wound up working. Well, I will say I uh, spent last week was, was very busy, but I did. I was supposed to see Thor, and then my poor buddy, who you guys met at the last show, he has a um, kidney stone, so I couldn't get to Thor. So I stayed home and watched uh, the AIW in 3D show. And uh, that was probably one of the better decisions I made because that show was awesome. I got very drunk and I watched that show. And that was a lot of fun. Kudos to those guys. I, one day I got to make a Winchester show. Marky, did you attend the Winchester show? <laughs> I did. I was also very drunk. I was, <laughs> I think the final count was like seven or eight drinks. It's, it's, it's a lost count. It's fine. That's good stuff. Do you remember the Winchester show? Yes, I was there. I experienced it. It was really fun. <laughs> that doesn't mean you remember it. Sure, at parts. Okay, that, that's fair. <laughs> parts there was bits. some... I, I, I saw uh, one of our podcast buddies, Tristar Jobber, took home the piece of the, the shark that did not get speared through by the Duke. He took it home with him. So I think that shark should be at every AIW show. They should add the cutout foam shark to the logo of everything because I bought the track jacket, the blue one, and uh, I'm going to wear that around town. And that shark eating Cleveland or whatever it is, is one of my favorite, like old school logos for them. It's great. Uh, I mean, I've seen people like take home peeking of a table, like half a table and get guy, get the locker room to sign it and take that half table home. Like, what are you going to do with that well, table? Wait, you say that. And yet I have in here in my, I have to find it. I have a half, busted open Bobby Orlando sign from the, one of the creative pro shows. Somebody wrote Bobby is your mom on a piece of plank wood or something and it's smashed. And I have it around here somewhere. I'll find it before the end of our show. But um, yeah, I would take home pieces of broken table. I don't mind it. Just sign it up. Let me put it somewhere. I love shit. You can put shit everywhere. I love having collectibles all over the place. I, I gave that but, uh, at a show I was managing at the baby faith manager hit me in the head with a beer can. I've got the beer can sitting in my office right now. There you go. You can you can have you can you should have had him sign it. I did. Nice. That's what's up. All right. A lot to go over this week. Fairly light schedule by IWTV standard. We'll go ahead and get into what's on IWTV this week. What's on IWTV? Wednesday, July 13th at 10 p.m. Eastern time. New Fear Skinny presents The Great American Trash, live from Brooklyn, New York. It can't live, it can't live on here, but another, but the poster they have, it was taped on July 3rd. So either way, either way, it airs on Wednesday. Live-ish. <laughs> live-ish. Sort of live. Uh, okay, it, it can't world premiere, but then it can't live in the actual description. It, 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 the premiere of it is July, July 13th at 10 p.m. Thursday, July 14th, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. This is airing live, Wrestling Open Episode 28. Friday, July 15th at 6 a.m. Eastern Time, New Castle Pro presents Steel City Showdown. And that's taking place from the New Castle City Hall, and that's in Australia. 
Oh, that is for the KKM time. It's a legit time. I think I might get up and watch that. I, I'm I'm working from home that day. I think uh, uh, some Australian wrestling at six a.m. could be fun. What what time is that in Australia? I think it's eight o'clock at night. Something like that. Like a thirty wrestler rumble on that show. That's the only thing they've got. Sweet. Hell yeah. Six a.m. rumble. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Let's wake and bake. Let's go, Marcy. Friday, July fifteenth, seven thirty p.m. Eastern time. Layering live Paradigm Pro presenting Terminal Combat Two. And because it is Terminal Combat, it's UWFI rule for the first five minutes. Then after the five minute period is over, if, if the match is not already over, it's a hardcore match from there. And look into the top two matches on this card. The Paradigm Pro Brass Knuckle Championship, Ron Mathic against Joshua Bishop. Hell yeah, let's go. Yeah. Bobby Beverly versus Dominic Garini. The Bev getting the big match. Getting the absolute big match. Put foot on the card. Eden Von England, Sid Von England, Max the Impaler, Max Nero, Sean. Oh, it's good to see Hoodfoot can can wrestle after getting his arm almost completely uh, torn apart by a uh, uh, light tube the last time he wrestled. Oh, Hoodfoot got announced for the uh, Bill Alfonco tournament. Amazing. That dude is made of something else. I don't know how he's able to compete again after that, but that was gnarly. Whoever saw it, I'm sure you guys saw it. Um, but that injury that he took from Slade is was ridiculous. There's 14 matches announced for that card, but they figured the longest one's going to be like probably seven or eight minutes. So I was just going to ask you how many matches were on there. I, the the paradigm is known for uh, over under 12. I would take the over every time. Yeah, 14 based on the based on stipulation four. I mean, like I can mostly UWFI roll matches average under four minutes. So the 14 matches are going to go two and a half to three hours. It's not going to be a, a super long show. There is nothing listed for this coming Saturday act of this recording, believe it or not. Sunday, July 17th, 8 p.m. Eastern, the premiere of H2O Underrated Epicode 33. Monday, July 18th, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, Southeast First presents Uncharted Territory, Geekins 4, Episode 11, featuring the first ever Choo Choo Rumble. I'm going to make the assumption... Like I've got the show on in the background, but I've got it muted. I'm going to assume that it's just a regular Rumble match, but because it's in Chattanooga, they're going with Chattanooga Choo Choo. I'm for it. <laughs> of course you are. <laughs> yeah, ni- 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 1940 jazz songs at your fingertips there. And Monday, July 18th, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, H2O presents Monday Night Death Volume 2. The Hustle and War Cage Match, Austin Luke, Lowlife Louie, and Declan Grant and Jeff Moss against Christian Roth, Chris Bradley, Mouth, and Alex Stretch, and Reed Walker defending the hybrid title in a ladder match against Adonis Bellario, among others. And that's what's on IWTV this week. I'm shocked that after this recording, there's nothing listed for Saturday. How does, how, how does it, no wrestling promotions run on a Saturday in the summer? How can we not have one promotion run, well, besides stupid GCW, but how does not one company run a show on a Saturday in the middle of July. I mean, there, there are shows either, either they don't have an IWTV deal or they're in buildings where they don't have a strong enough internet. I, that's all I can think of. Maybe yeah. they, uh, Hey, they all got together and they're like, you know what? We all need to take one week off this summer. We're going to have like a one week summer vacation. And this right. is what's sure. going on. Yeah. I, uh, I'm surprised. Every, I'm surprised. Everyone needs a vacation. You're telling me that Ridgefield Park is empty this Saturday? Come on. <laughs> For an IWTV live stream, yes. Unbelievable. For wrestling itself, I have no idea. But for an IWTV live stream, yes. 
I thought violence, uh, what is that, VXS? I thought that was going on this weekend. They're not streaming live. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Do you have the official notification on here that Absolution is going to be streaming live? That'll be fun. Hell yeah. Unfortunately, I'm going to be taking eight seven-year-old girls to see Kids Bop live at Jones Beach Theater that night. So if anybody is looking for me during Absolution, you will not find me. I will be at a Kids Bop show because, of course, I will be. <laughs> if if only if only it worked on your phone or something like that it does but i have to watch those kids as they go want to go those those girls need They're to go fine. in and out they need to get food they need to go to the bathroom we got all sorts of stuff going on i i have to be on my a game that night the, the oldest one can watch all the other ones it's fine <laughs> they're all the same age <laughs> they're nuts it's gonna be crazy uh i i I ever did was when my daughter was in Girl Scout. The Girl Scout trip went to see the live action Beauty and the Beast when it came out. I had other parents there with me, thank God. But even that was even that was a cluster. Like I can't imagine like being the only parent trying to deal with eight of them. Oh yeah, it's good. Well, me and my wife we're gonna sit one end one end of the row, and the other one's gonna sit on the other, and we're gonna wrangle them in like 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 cats, like keep them all herded in together so they don't run away and do something crazy at Jones Beach. So. But I'll watch. I'll probably catch it the next night. But I will be a Creative Pro the next night, so it's going to have to be one of the days following. I'll have to do a little watch along post show. I've got the image of the girl acting up and you shaking like a bag of cat food to try to get them to cuddle down. Now it's it's instead of cat food, it's going to be either cotton candy or some sort of t shirt from the kids bop kids whole nonsense. But there's only so much edited new music I can take where they they cut out curse words and change it to instead of uh fucked up they'll say i'm so sad it's it sanitizes your brain listening to it as as sanitizing as it is it turns you into some sort of strange your mind just goes elsewhere you try to find the words for it because there's no cursing and you want to find it but they're not there it's a whole to do but anyway that has nothing to do with wrestling and we will we will (laughs) discuss that on another date i'm glad (laughs) i don't have to deal with this well I can tie it into wrestling, actually. So remember, you, you might be old enough to remember this, Jay Goldmark. You probably have no idea what I'm going to be fucking talking about here. You remember around 1985 or so where WWF came up with the wrestling album? Yes. Oh, come on. I, I had it. I, I still sing it to this day. That was before I was born. Yeah. Quite, Land, Land of a Thousand Dances, one of the greatest. And, and, and Nikolai Volkov singing Karamia. And, uh, and, and that was just one of the greatest albums of all time. Okay, so the reason I bring that up, because you're talking about Kid Bop taking all the editing out, all the kirking and all that. Remember Rowdy Roddy Piper's track on that album? I do. For everybody. For is not the word in the song. Yeah. How For everybody doesn't even make any sense. Like, I don't understand why you couldn't have leaked gone with fudge if you're going to take the swearing out of it. Like, how does that work? No, in, in those days, you couldn't even come close to saying the word. Nowadays, you can change it to anything you want. But in those days, you didn't even want to touch the same like four letters you even take a letter out if you could yeah they they, ch- they changed kick my ass to kick my trash okay i can live with that but instead of fuck everybody at for everybody like no what's it gonna work well uh, CeeLo, you know forget <laughs> really? you indeed really really <laughs> really with the times with this talk right now and <laughs> <laughs> that you 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 put it in my head like i can tell you i can touch about anything in the wrestling if you give me a, if you give me a chance but Okay, let's go ahead and get into the review. The weekly review. We got a very noteworthy show to cover this week. We are going to be covering 
Uncharted Territory, Hinkin' 4, Episode 9, airing live from the TWE Arena in Red Bank, Tennessee, just outside of Chattanooga on the 4th of July. Uh, a lot to unpack with the show as we get into it. There are, kind of, I think, 11 matches on the card when it was all got and done. There's a lot. Yeah, a bunch uh, some note, some new poorly stuff coming near the end of the show. There, there's a lot on this show. I mean, look, the, it, it, the uncharted territory, they have really good ideas, and I get what they're doing here. Um, I love Dylan Hales, and uh, I love him doing any color, any commentary. He's terrific. Yeah. Um, but I hate that venue very much from when we watched the uh, the FWE show or whatever it was called, TW, whatever the TW, whatever the arena is. Um, yeah, I did not. I did not like the. I don't like that place. I, it's very strange. The crowd is very strange. But um, I get. I like what they're doing here. I like how they're they're doing it in this arena. There was a few things I I strongly disagree with, and we'll go into it. But um, yeah, I, I was ready to go when we sat down. I did see two and a half hours or whatever it was on this show, and I got nervous. But the matches were not. I, I, there's not one match that I will say was too long. They were there was a perfect length to a lot of these. Yeah, and I and I'll get there and say that like I I I agree with you about the building in Printable, but ever the TWE show when they filmed that they had that empty wall with the TWE and yeah the hard cam. They've moved the hard cam around with the uncharted territory where you're seeing the crowd, you're seeing people, and it's mm-hmm. better visually production wise with the way they got the hard camera cut up for them. That's true, and it feels like the announcers are behind the camera as opposed to um, like just kind of there. It, it, it It's the production's fine. I, I, I don't like the building to begin with, but um, yeah, I mean, I have no, no qualms about the way it, it's, it's filmed. It looks good. I think it definitely looks good. They also have all those TVs now. Yeah. Right. I was going to mention that seeing how they, they have screens up, up there. Uh, it's a little distracting when a match is going on and you're seeing the same match up on the screen as they're, wrestling almost like a titan tron it's like turn that one middle tv off and leave the sides but i get what they're trying to do because they're showing you know clips and things like that and the fans in the crowd are seeing um vignettes and and things like that so i get it uh, i think there was probably a better place for that tv except right in the middle of the wall while they're wrestling and makes well it also makes it look not so naked that, that that's you're 100 right but i think if you were doing a show and you had a monitor directly in front of you while you were doing a show, um, you'd be like, well, that's really distracting because all I'm all if as a, as a viewer, you're watching the same thing happening behind it. It's, it's like almost like orange Cassidy's t-shirt. You know what I mean? So it, it's strange, but um, yeah, it is what it is. You guys, I think I compromise these. You have that one TV just have like a pre like pre looped stuff going on so it's not yeah. the same thing yeah put the put the matches on the sides for the fans and in the middle there have some kind of logo that kind of rotates or some kind of you know um images that keep changing while the wrestlers are going leave the show to the side monitors and the front monitor can be anything else but you know i'm sure they'll work i'm sure they work on that stuff i think it'd be sick if they use the front one as like basically almost like a little video package for each wrestler as they came out yeah that would be great that'd be a great idea yeah, go the show open. We see a limo parked out front. Uh, this was posted online before the show started, and we went, "Hey, maybe we're going to find out who the robot is tonight." Remember, I was tagged by like a thousand people on that picture, <laughs> and all I wanted to do was talk to you guys and be like, "It's good." If this is not the fucking robot, you know, <laughs> what are we doing here, people? Well, but, get in mind for later. 
We open with a fall count anywhere match. Jaden Newman taking on Insane Lane. Newman is trying to get a death match with Danny DeManto, and DeManto just keeps getting people his way. That's what we got with this match. So because that you can't fall count anywhere, they just start on the floor. Why the hell not? I don't even think that, I don't even think they were in the ring during this match. No, they and said that, fuck. They said fuck the ring. And you know what? This was I, I will tell you. I do not like false count anywhere in an indie match because there are no monitors and things like that. But here you got them are able to, yeah, here you were able to do that. You're able to spill into the uh, food section. And if you're going to use a watermelon, let it be the finish. And they did it right. I was, I mean, this match, the length of this match was perfect. And I said, he, if he blasts that dude in the head with a watermelon and he kicks out, fuck this show. And you know what? He did not kick out. He got blasted with a watermelon. And I that I was popping big time for that. Uh, even before that, we have the world, this world-class pun of uh, you can't handle the mustard. <laughs> As, <laughs> I, I believe it was Insane Lane was the one using the mustard and Jay Newman. Yeah, and then Jay Newman came back with the ketchup, which was... <laughs> <laughs> I, which, just, I gotta just give love to that all-timer of a pun. I, I, was, I was at first... When Jay Newman comes out in the jeans, I was like, oh, no. I'm like, they're doing a, 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 a false count anywhere match in a, an indie show. And that always, that never turns out good. And uh, that dude insanely in his mask when he comes out, I really like that electronic mask that he had going on. I thought the whole, the whole match itself was, honestly, it was a very good length to start it off. I was going to get upset. And I, you know, that's just me being a grump. But I didn't have to get upset because I think the length was perfect and how it ended was perfect. That watermelon was so resilient. It was. It didn't break. You're gonna, if you're going to hit someone with a watermelon, I mean, what do you do before that? Do you just go, hey, dude, we're going to try this watermelon. Yeah, if it doesn't break, I'm going to have a giant concussion and my skull is going to be mushed all over the ground. <laughs> but yeah. uh, they I did it. I am going to say I do love a good concussion stand brawl, but this was not too below Mississippi by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> it was fine. They, I got more nervous because during indie shows, if you go into the crowd, I always get very nervous because guys get very upset when you mess with their merch. Oh, so yeah. That's right. the thing that had, like, they, the whole rack got used as a weapon. <laughs> yes. So you're throwing people around on their merch and you're like, well, you know, let's keep the merch separate from the rest of the false count anywhere match. Although, but, um, if they bleed on it, you could sell it for so much more. I'm not buying somebody's bloody shirt. No, <laughs> you won't, but someone absolutely will. That's true. I mean, we're, I mean, we're talking about crowds that'll buy like Gamer Girl bathwater and shit. Somebody will definitely buy a bloody shirt. That's true. I didn't say it. You did. <laughs> I, well, Young Ed's listening to the show. He, he wants the Belle Delphine reference in there. But uh, we do get a pile driver on the tile floor as well. I would kind of look at that that wasn't the finish until we got Jada Newman winning with a fucking watermelon. Exactly. I'll say it till the day I die. If you're going to use a watermelon, it better be the finish. <laughs> it was Gallagher right till the finish. I love it. Oh, also, shout out. Um, when they've made it to like the little foyer section, there's just some lady outside staring through the door. And <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate so much about her. <laughs> yeah, there was there was all sorts of things going on. It was daylight. You know, like there was all sorts of things going on. It was July 4th. They had uh, this, they had some of the locals looking in. This, this match all around just made me happy. Sure. The only way it could have been improved is if somebody with a bald head and a, a bald head, long blonde hair started hitting the watermelon with a ha- hammer afterward. 
<laughs> well, another reference for the old timer clicking into the show. Sure. All right. Match number two featured BK Westbrook against Billy Tipton. And I, I, I we've keep saying it, the more we keep Billy Tipton, the more I like the kid. He, Billy Tipton is good. I thought the match was a little long, a little lengthy, not long, a little lengthy. Um, but uh, the fans seem to love that dude. They just love him. I mean, this match, the first couple minutes get back and forth. Westbrook getting the advantage. He, he play and heel. You know, you get sympathy for Tipton anyway. Tipton comeback looked great. Yeah. Uh, the only real nitpick thing I have about this match is Tipton ha- did some great stuff on the comeback and just was not going for the pin like he should have been. Like, try to actually win the match when you're making a comeback like that. But that's, that's nitpicky. No, I... I- I agree with you there. If you're going to, uh, you know, there's got to be a crescendo. If you're going to keep hitting that crescendo and you don't, you're not going for the pin, then that's a problem. But um, he's, he's an entertaining guy. He's got a big smile on his face. I don't know how he would play on the East coast. Like, uh, you know, if he, if he would be the guy. Are you staying in the Northeast? Hey, someone with such a positive energy. Right. Exactly. Everybody's such rotten bastards out here. (laughs) I have no idea if they would like a guy like that who comes out all smiles and happy, but you know, I certainly will probably try to kill him, but right. (laughs) But I I think, I think um, he, the fans there just ate him up when he came out. They just loved it. They were so excited to see him. And then Billy Tipton getting the win, seven minutes and 51 seconds. Uh, actually, I didn't, don't think I gave the time of the opener. Jaden Newman with the watermelon, three thirty-seven. All that fall count anywhere match went. A perfect three thirty-seven. To be honest, you don't have to do it any more than that. It, it got right to the point. Yeah, seven fifty-one for Billy Tipton beating BK Westbrook, and then after that, we get Dylan McQueen and Kenzie Page coming out representing the last laugh. Now, let me ask you something, Dylan McQueen. He was he had some sort of injury, didn't he? Didn't he get sick? And he was like partially paralyzed for a little while. I believe, yeah, something like that. Yeah. I mean, like, it's great. It's it was, amazing it to see honestly, him in the ring. I think it was actually the last show he was on that we, we did. Right. I feel like it happened like right after that. So, like, yes. a couple months ago. Yeah. I was going to ask you about that. I am almost 100% positive we watched the show that it was his last show. And then he all of a sudden I saw him on Twitter in the hospital and he said he couldn't, he couldn't walk. I'm trying to remember which show that was that we saw. I know he. I know he had. Oh, I'm saying that was the, was the sub show. It was it the sub show. It was. It was. It was yeah. the sub show. Yes. Yeah. I mean, what a what a story. I mean, I don't think they even did they bring it up. Because they mentioned injury like once, but that was about it. What a story. I mean, I, I wish more people would have seen his his like his. I mean, his hopelessness on Twitter for a little while. When he was in the hospital, he couldn't figure out if they were going to figure out if he could walk again. And now he's back in the ring. Good, good on him. That's fantastic. Yeah, he looked, looked like he had one match about a week after that cup show, and then he and then he was gone until the Contender Cup. Yep, he was. He had some sort of mystery illness, and it paralyzed him or something. And he was learning how to walk again out of nowhere. Now he's back in the ring. Fantastic. Good on him. And but pretty in pink, last laugh, whatever they're going by on the show. They say they cannot be beaten. They issue an open challenge. And I'm my least favorite tag team, the <laughs> my least favorite tag team in all of wrestling, the squatting I, dragons. I don't care. I heard favorite tag team. I heard favorite tag team. I don't understand the gimmick. I don't get it. I get the coach. And so what does the squats have to do? The coach, if he's a phys ed teacher, I get it. But you have a, a tag team partner who's a martial arts, uh, whatever. The they people there. 
They do a lot of squats. That's, that's all you got to know. It's not for me, Marce. Uh, it's not. The people there went bonkers. So the fuck with my opinion because they were so <laughs> excited to see those dudes <laughs> that my opinion has been rendered meaningless because those guys are so over with that crowd. Yeah. Um, also, I don't think I've seen, like, I don't think I've seen squats that like like that were done in the beginning of this match. By the way, uh, it must be a new kind of squat. <laughs> yeah, he uh, Dylan McQueen did a couple, did a few things that uh, did, I wouldn't call them squats. They were he was down, but <laughs> I don't know. On commentary, they said squats, so I think they counted squats. Right. <laughs> Okay, we're 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 really assuming that Dylan Hales and Moog have Keena Jim at this point. Dylan, I can, I can. Can I just say though, Dylan? Anytime Dylan Hales does that, like scream when somebody does a finish or like a move, I pop really big. I think it's so funny. It just it sounds it just sounds like you're he's so overwhelmed by what he just saw. I really do enjoy that when he does that. I know my brother is a big Dylan Hales fan, also. So shout out to Sam, who's at home doing God knows what. <laughs> Dylan Hale is fantastic. I got I yeah on commentary. Yes, I would like to see him do a lot more uh, variety as opposed to you know I know he's he's kind of what mid Midwest mid South type of shows. He's not going to come up here. He does he does a lot of the a lot of the county Tennessee Georgia. Oklahoma. I'd like to see him in New York. I would New York New Jersey Connecticut Rhode Island. I'd like to see him up here. Maybe do a uh, a show up in in you know, Massachusetts or whatever, but I think he, he really does. He bring, he really does a good job. He's a smart guy. Um, and I, and I, I enjoy listening to him on, on IWTV. Oh, finish comes. Kenki page grabs the title belt. She brought to the ring. Act like she's going to use a weapon to track referee, Jackie field. McQueen hits both opponents with a, with a, <laughs> and rolled up Aaron Wade for the pin. Six minutes and 54 seconds. Good. Taking a little tag match. Yeah, it was fine. More, I'm more kind of interested in Dylan McQueen's um, uh, in his comeback story. I wish they would have talked about it more, but it, it was a it, it, the match was fine. It filled in what the story they wanted to tell was. Okay, from there we go to Marky's favorite wrestler, Kevin Koo. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> before that, I just wanted to point out. I don't know if I, um, I don't even want to speak of Dylan Hales. He was rocking the masked wrestler shirt. Yes. I don't know if that was intentionally like. Dropping some hints. It had to be. Uh, I I, th- I was thinking the same thing. I, I I you know I am someone that looks way too much into shit. But, but we like the viral marketing, right? The viral campaign. So we had to know that there was something going on there. There was a little Easter egg in Dylan Hale's shirt going on. Yeah, uh, yeah. Unless I specifically know otherwise that something is not planned, I assume everything in wrestling will work. <laughs> I mean, well, actually, in the ring, when something happens, that's not what the fuck happened. I assume everything can work, but but anyways, Kevin Koo against Chance Riker, and we got a text from Marky during the which was just Kevin Koo and then a bunch of fucking random letters, random letters. Oh, he's so hunky. He's so hunky. He uh he was wearing those. I, I think you like those tights. The uh the the flesh toned, half flesh toned, half green tights that he had on there. I don't know what you're talking <laughs> about, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kevin Koo is great on his own, and he's dynamite with Dom. But, like, I mean, Kevin Koo is a smart in-ring technician. He makes other people look better. Is there, is there honestly, are, are there two better 
indie wrestlers or, or wrestlers in general right now or hotter wrestlers right now than Kevin Koo and Dom. So Koo on his own, holy shit. And they love him over there. It's it's amazing. And I've lost track of all the title Kevin Koo had at this point. Single can tag both. Like, yeah. Like the, like the dude, the dude just in, in pain how over he is and how much faith these different companies have in him at this point. And remember, look at yeah. God. And that's the guy who had a surgically repaired neck, which played into this match. Or Greg was working on the neck quite a bit. Um, I was I I was impressed with what I just I liked any I just like Kevin Koo. I've said it before Me when too. I watch a show. No, but <laughs> from a, not from a lust standpoint, from a it's, fan standpoint. Hey, 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 it's very wholesome. Okay, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. But I will say from a a Fan standpoint, when I want look at a card and then I see Koo on there, it gives me that comfort that I know that I'm going to see something that's will always deliver, and he he constantly delivers. And from what they said on commentary, he has been on every episode so far. Yeah, yeah, he loves it. I mean, Kevin Kevin Koo is a staple of the middle of the country wrestling, and you know, you look at him and and you'd be like, well, how did Tennessee and all these places? Would they accept somebody who looks like Kevin Koo, the tattoos, you know, the different colored hair, the style that he is? And people just, they, I mean, they're sitting on the edge of their seats the second that song hits, when Zombie hits, they're just all about Koo and Dom and everyone else, like, you know, and, and, and all that comes with being watching a Kevin Koo match. So good on him. I mean, every time, you know, you can't go wrong with booking him down there. He is the, he is the star. Uh, but, I, but I do love the fact that, yeah, a lot of people coming off of an injured neck, don't touch my neck, don't touch my neck. And Kuth, like, let the fucking story of the match, like, work on my neck. We will, we're going to get to that, too, because there's another match on this card that I have some big gripes on working certain body parts. But, um, yeah, they did they did good with that one on this in this in this match. And, and it subtle thing that Koo did to make that work, too. He's going for the tornado DDT, but he's so tired. He can't get the full spring on the rope to do it. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Yeah, there was a few of those. Yeah, right. There was a there was a few of those moments where he couldn't get that umph. And he did the tiger scooplex, but his neck was so hurt he couldn't hold the bridge. We only got like a one count off of it. Love, I love stuff like that. Matches like that. Yeah, every, everything actually means something. Like how it's supposed to be. I'm, yeah, I'm counting like I'm kind of like a guy out of Louisville, Kentucky, right now. I'm trying not to do that. <laughs> yeah, yelling at those clouds, huh? Like a cuck from Louisville, Kentucky. I wasn't going to go that far, but <laughs> I didn't say it. <laughs> bunch of counter for a bunch of near fall near the end. Riker gets the neutralizer two for, for 2.9 count. Who does finally get the pin with the small package driver at 9.06. He is now 9-0 and on Uncheta territory this season. Good stuff. I love his finish. I like that that move a lot. It's so it's so nice. Yeah. yeah that, that's, my, that's one of my signature moves for my created wrestler in WWE. 2K22. I love that move. All right. We get from there. We go to my favorite style of match, the triple threat match. Ashton Star versus Greco Gungolith versus Rob Killjoy. Not even 30 seconds in. And you guessed it. Stark on the floor and one on one in the ring. Why even try it? <laughs> when, it when all uh, the guys were in the ring, they did some really cool stuff and I was really into it. And then they would go back to just the one on one. I was actually going to say that to you. I, I have in my notes that they. That they Cla- classic uh, uh, triple threat indie match, throwing the guy out one on one, one guy, and he was gone for a while. At one point, who was it? Was it Dylan? Was it Dylan Hales or Mose? Who was like, uh, we haven't seen 
uh, I think they were talking about Ashton Star in the match. The like for a while, they were like, "We haven't even seen him." And I'm like, oh, "Well, get him in the fucking ring. What is he doing? Like, why is he still out there? Get in there." Yeah, I mean, and there are, and there are times where you t- if you tell the story well enough, a, a triple threat match makes sense. But every show had a triple threat match too. Like, and I'm, 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 I'm yelling at Clouk again, but that 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 the good one I kind of that one really does bother me. To be fair, I, I did like, they also say that this is their first triple threat of the of the season? It might be for them. Yeah, I got. So I, if that if the, that's the case, it's it's not really that bad. No. But I, I I've lost track of the last time I went to a, an independent show that had nothing but one on one matches or yeah two yeah two on two matches or what kind of third man or third somewhere in a, in, on a show. Well, there there are very few companies that can capture like a scramble format like AIW does with a yeah. bunch of wrestlers in the ring without throwing everybody out. But yeah, that that's the problem here. But but you're right. When they were all in the ring together, there were some really good spots. Gonzalez go for a blockbuster on Killjoy. Killjoy catches him and drops him onto his knee for for a near fall. I was that was, that was just really impressive, just catching him in mid flip. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Star yeah. hit uh, counter a float over suplex from Gonzalez into a neckbreaker. Killjoy breaks up the pin with a double stop and steals the pin. Six minutes and twenty five seconds. So it was short. That make it ineffective, but yeah, all those all those triple threat tropes I don't like. They worked into a six-minute match. But as I'll say, the, none of the matches overstayed their welcome in this card. So even if it had its issues, it didn't over... Like, I wasn't I wasn't going... I wasn't checking my watch while this match was going on. I kind of feel like in this match with Star being on the outside, it was kind of serving story purpose. Because I feel like what, what I was getting from this in last the week before was generally a change in attitude for Ashton Star. Because you even saw that like the end of this match where... Um, Killjoy tries to go for the he goes for the handshake and both um Star and Gonzalez shake hands and then when like Gonzalez goes to shake Ashton Star's hand like Ashton basically like, gives him the pie face and just has like just goes off on his own. I, I was gonna say I was very happy to see him show something other than you know Ashton Star is happy to be here. You know what I mean? Like I, I was just very happy with that. So good so on I, him. It makes sense. I I, I want to see what they're gonna go with this. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Good on him for uh, changing it up a bit also. All right, so from there, we go to Adam Priest taking on the 10-time former United States Junior Heavyweight Champion, Mike Jackson. Kevin, he's come out here old, Mike Jackson. I gotta what? say, right, first of all, right off the bat, I need more wrestlers out there wearing crop tops. Let's let's go. <laughs> Can I say something? Why is, what is the draw with this dude? I don't remember this dude anywhere as a kid any doing anything what i think i think he took a little bit of a hiatus during the pandemic and whatever and i remember he had some people were getting all crazy about it what the what like what's the draw here i don't understand it's an old man in the ring like he's an old man let's not pretend like this is a he's an old man in the ring come on (laughs) what's the draw what is it the biggest problem I have with Mike Jackson is, this, is him being his 70 can be in this good is why Ric Flair coming back to the fucking ring in a couple weeks. But it's still an old man. He could be as good as he wants. He's not doing anything groundbreaking. He's an old, like, at a certain point, Adam Priest is beating up an old man. Come on. Like, <laughs> he, he makes a lot of noise. He does a lot of things that he doesn't do anything groundbreaking. He just kind of, what's the draw? Where did he come from? Like that, I, all of a sudden, I'm supposed to be like, "Oh shit, 
Mike Jackson's on this card. Like, you know. Okay. Now, Mike Jackson is a guy who, when in the territory days, worked mostly in the Southeast. He worked Alabama, Georgia, places like that. He yep. a long-time enhancement talent on the, the Crockett TV out of the TBS studio. Oh, shit. He okay. Win, he would win every once in a while. He always had good matches, even though he was an enhancement guy. He did disappear for a while in the 90s. He retired like 93, 94-ish, came back for a, a match here and there. And then all of a sudden, like 2005, he's back wrestling essentially full-time. And he's still going at like, I think he's 72 right now, if I'm not mistaken. 72? Holy 72. shit. Well, good on the old fella for doing it, but uh, Adam Priest belongs in something to me every time. I love Adam Priest, so I want to see him do something other than beat up my grandpa in the ring, so to speak. Sorry. <laughs> I know it's insensitive, but it, it's at a certain point you're just beating up an old man. <laughs> you know, Impact, Impact actually used Mike Jackson for the reverse battle royal a couple weeks ago. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Good for him. He, uh, all right, so just the last few matches. I'll go back a couple months here. Reverse Battle Royal, Impact Wrestling, Countdown to Flame Reversary, June, uh, that was on June 19th. The day before, June 18th, Mike Jackson defeated Joey Janela at, on a GKW pay-per-view. April 30th, Mike Jackson in a triple threat match for IWA Deep South in Alabama. April 16th, he Mike Jackson worked the NEW 4th Anniversary Show in Japper, Alabama. April 9th, he... Mike Jackson wrestled Colby Carino. And what? <laughs> what the fuck? He wrestled Cardona for GCW in March. He did? Yeah. He was God. the Spartan Pro Heavyweight Champion as late as February of this year. Heavyweight. That dude weighs like 170 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like B. Arthur's boyfriend in Golden Girls, one of those episodes of Golden Girls that came to his house. They came. He came to the house wearing a suit. And one of those 80s suits and was trying to pick up B. Arthur, ready to go out on a date. That's who Mike Jackson looks like. <laughs> but, yeah, but not oh only not only is he wrestling, he's wrestling sometimes multiple times a weekend. 72 That's crazy. Old. And honestly, if I'm 72 years old, I hope I'm in half a good of shape. I'm already in worse shape than he is. I'm like half a game. That is the one thing. I looked at him, I was like, shit, I could do that. I could get ripped like Mike Jackson. <laughs> oh, well. Whatever. Good on Mike Jackson. Yeah, for, for that part of the country, that's a big deal. That would be like if the Malky brothers started wrestling full-time all the time again. That that area of the country would pop so big for the Malky brothers if they were doing the same shit. I guess. Um, Good. You know what? He knows his audience, so he's going to he's gonna continue on for a few more years, I would assume. Okay. But in all of this, we lost the main point is that I need more wrestlers wearing crop tops. <laughs> Can we get back? Yeah, you're, I'm Can sorry. Can we get Mark, back to be... the important thing? Yes. I need more crop tops now. <laughs> well, look in the show notes. Uh, yeah, Mark. Yeah, Marky talk crop top. Make sure look in the show notes. Anyway, this match is a decent match for what it is. There is a, a neat little spot where Adam Priest is walking the rope because one of Jackson's signature spot. And he's about halfway before Jack encountered it. And then Jack can show him how it's done a little bit later on. But Jackson countered it the right way. If you're ever going to counter a walking the ropes, that's how you do it. You go, you know what? Fuck this. And you just hit the ropes and the guy goes straight down onto it. That's it. That's exactly and, and, how I would do it. And then you shake it a lot. <laughs> then you, you, you grab the rope. You go up and down. That's exactly right. Not a disqualification. <laughs> but if you exactly. were to say like just. Just hit them there. That's a disqualification. I, it's 
You yeah, know, but- the rule rules are funny like that. Yeah, but it's momentum of the move that caused him to, to crouch the top rope. It wasn't any, an intentional act of doing so. There's the, there's the difference. Intent does not matter if there's a rope involved. Apparently, there, apparently if the intent matters, but there's no DQ for it. I'm trying to, I'm trying to justify this. Leave me alone. Listen, if you're going to go up there and you get knocked down, why should there be a DQ for it? That's what I'm okay. But then if you then shake it over and over again after the fact. Now it's part of the sequence. You're already <laughs> down. There's nothing. This is in 1991 WCW where you get disqualified for throwing somebody over the top rope. Yeah, you keep, he already crushed on the top rope, so the act already done. So now you've got to exactly off the top rope. Yeah, now you get a five count. That's it. Now that he's already now he's crushed, you get the ref five count. You get him off, and and you take advantage of that small moment you have there. And rules are funny like that. <laughs> oh, Jack is making a comeback. He actually drops the strap. A priest roll come up, get the feet on the rope for the pin in nine minutes and 40 seconds. Oh, he had to cheat to be the 72 year old man, but he's not in no uncharted territory this year. And if this is not leading to the final episode of the team being Kevin Coo against Adam Preet, what the fuck are we doing? I would like to see that match very badly. That has to be that has to be week 13. They're both 12 and 0. One of them's gonna be undefeated at the end of this, one of them's not. That's gotta be where they're going with it. If and they both wear crop tops. More crop tops for Marcy. They we should get an IWTV guide crop top, Marcy. What do you think? I really just got to change it. You used to do a T-shirt and just, you know, cut it. Right, well, or we could just do one and then match it with the booty shorts, and then we are ready to roll. That's the, We're thinking money now. Exactly. All I see are dollar signs. <laughs> All right, so from there, we go to the Discovery Gauntlet. It is Noah Hoffman taking on my favorite wrestler, Terry Yaki. I I uh, I I'm being facetious about, about him being my favorite wrestler, but I love the name. I can't. I not. You know, I'll give him this. I'll give him this. One, he's still alive, and, and he's he's very creative in the ring. But I think we should go back to one, which is he's still alive because I can't believe that dude is still living after the finish of this match. It, it yeah. just spelled. I was nervous. I was like, I wanted to go online and look for the updates on teriyaki's like life after the finish there. Cause that was one of the, 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 fil- like the, the filthiest finishes I've ever seen, but that's a very yeah. yikes moment. Yeah. Yeah. I love Noah Hosman, but Noah Hosman almost went to jail for murdering somebody for real. Like I know we like to talk about in wrestling. Oh, that dude got murdered. No, Noah Hosman, this Teriyaki almost was teriyaki. Like he almost, I almost said, you know, he was almost in a bowl, like as a vegetable or some sort of dinner bowl. Oh no. I mean, that dude, he was almost a vegetable. He was close to being a vegetable teriyaki. <laughs> so for those of you who didn't see what we're talking about, Yaki went for a top rope Rana and Hoffman was countering it for what I assume was supposed to be a power bomb or, and, or like a styles clash. Yeah. But Yaki landed right on the top of his head. And, mm-hmm. that was, and that was the finish. It was an immediate three count. And Yaki got up on his own, thank God. But yeah, I couldn't I, I call that in. I went, oh, my God. I mean, it was the finish of that match. And I think Hosman, Hosman's a good kid. You could see in his face he knew something was not right. Like, he went right. He, like, checked right away. Yeah. Um, and thank God Teriyaki is very um, flexible because that was – Really, really scary. There were some people in the front row who were just like their hands went right to their mouths. So, um, yeah, it is what it is. It, the match was fine. Noah Hosman is a <coughs> is a very good 
up and coming talent, but that finish was terrifying. Yeah, Colette Hoffman, fourth straight win in the Discovery Gauntlet. For those of you not aren't don't know what the uh, Discovery Gauntlet is, basically instead of doing a gauntlet match all in all in one show, it's stretched out over the entire season, and whoever wins the last match wins the gauntlet. So I guess if you lose and it just whoever beats you continues on is the Correct. basic premise. But Hoffman's a good kid. I, I'd like to see him. I'd like to see him. Um, succeed in this thing and, and kind of go it, it, it's a good showcase for him he's a big boy i think he i think he's got to do some good things i'm the match with six minutes and 57 seconds after the match scott henley scott henley very briefly interviewed hoffman and hoffman just said four down four to go and the four matches left in the gauntlet yep and then we get white mike coming out cutting a promo and he's going to issue an open challenge so if you're keeping track at home looking now two open challenges on this show and the challenge is entered by Patrick Scott. I will say White Mike's trunks were very distracting. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, they're they're revealing. Very. Are you for, at some point? I was like, I go, no way that's well. real. <laughs> I had to like step away and be like, there's no way that's real. That's very distracting. <laughs> Mark, are you crushing the White Mike with him wearing that outfit? I mean, look, there's only one way to find out if it's real or not. Yeah. Okay, so the biggest no good Mark, I'm sorry. I say as long as long as all parties consent, you know, that's that's the important part. But I'll do some investigating reporting. Investigative reporting? Yeah, that's what we're going with. Or I'll believe that. I come friend because the show would say you're gonna do a journalism. Yes, that's what we'll call it. Uh, the biggest story behind this is if White Mike had issued an open challenge previously and lost, and he's like, that doesn't count, I'm doing it again. That's you know what? It's exactly. It's it's always the most recent one. So as long as he won, and the last one doesn't matter now. So Patrick Scott, Scott come count, dominate the opening minute, hit the Death Valley driver like 30 seconds in, only get the two count. And I'm kind of going, that should have been the fucking finish. I thought that was about to be. Scott gets an arm bar and then adds a titty twister to it. And Dylan Hale and Moe actually spend like 30 seconds discussing whether the titty twister is legal or not. Dylan Hale actually speculated that, that it's joint manipulation and should not be legal. And I'm like, but it's not a joint. So I think it's legal. It's I, part of the body. What? You can't pinch somebody? Pinching is legal. But pinching the crotch is technically not legal. So. But the groin is always illegal. You don't go for the groin in general. But if I grab you and pinch the back of your arm and you submit because you didn't like the way that felt, that's still a submission. I mean, some will say that the nipples are the groin of the chest. <laughs> well, <laughs> oh my god, that's great! So they're at least as sensitive sometimes. Oh. <laughs> the nipple or the groin of, of the chest, uh, Marcy. I'm gonna write. I'm gonna. I have to write that down. That was. I'm gonna use that one uh, in a lot of things. I think in life. <laughs> I'm, gonna t- I'm gonna take that one from you and quote you. Though I will. I will quote you every time. Do me a, do me a favor, Marky. Before the show goes live, make that your Twitter bio. That <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can do. Well, I, White Mike is. I thought he retired. So anytime I see, but then again, I thought Brett Eisen retired. Like now, all of a sudden, I'm seeing everybody pop up again. So maybe I'm just wrong about all those things. It is White Mike getting the win with what we call the can opener, basically like a front face lock into a almost like a swinging suplex type of deal. But yeah. What, that's really not that not an accurate description, but that's the best I can come up with for it. it it's like a cool. big, it's like a front front face lock, big swing Make into it. like a face buster. Oh. Five minutes time of the fall there. 
We then have a hype video for our next match, which is Eric Royal against Joe Black. 14 years in the making, they call it. Now, how long these two guys were tag team partners? This was the, by far the longest match of the card. I would not upset that it would get long. <sighs> I was very frustrated with this match, Jayhawk. It, they worked on Joe Black's leg for a very long time, and then he completely stopped selling it and went right to power moves, and they completely stopped talking about it. I, I just did not like when we talk about if you're going to utilize a limb like Ku did the neck thing and that, and you watched how that kind of played out, they arc arc worked on his leg for a, a, for the first probably quarter of the match. And then they completely abandoned it. I do not, I don't like that ever. I've never liked that at least limp, but this guy's doing throws and Royal is bigger than him. And he's doing these, you know, power throws and suplexes having to use both legs a vertical base, and he doesn't sell the leg. That's a huge problem. That just it, it, come on. If you're going to work the leg for all that time, at least sell it. Not disputing that at all. I absolutely, as much as they worked on that leg, it should have been sold a lot more than it was at the end. I'm still going to say this was my favorite match of the night, though, but they told a great story overall. And mm-hmm. it was the fact that they've been tag team partners for so long, the entire match was basically like a giant game of can you top this? Also, all those suplexes fucking rolled. That dude, Joe Black, is his, first of all, his ring attire, the big, you know, the big, uh, like, Black Panther mask, like the Killmonger mask with the big, like, balls around his neck. That was some scary shit. That dude came out, I'm like, this this guy is jacked. Like, I couldn't wait for to see what he did. I just, it took me right out of it when you're not going to sell, like, the parts. Take a guy that size off his vertical base, and I get what you're doing. And yet he's still doing throws and tossing Arc Royal around. Not my, not my jam. I, I, I was turned off by that a lot. I was not. That's, that didn't bother me so much. I dig it. Yeah, we're, we're not going to always agree on this show, but um, I had, I had trouble with that. So, but I expected, I expect a lot from Arc Royal's matches. Also, this is, I think this is one of the best ways to do like a double count out. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 oh no, no, the finish was perfect. It was perfect. But I, I expect a lot from his matches. I really do. Uh, I, I absolutely agree on that finish there. Both men smack head first into the ring post. Match ends in a double count out. 15 minutes and four second. Like by far the longest match of the card. The crowd starts chanting five more minutes, even though it's not a time limit draw. And both guys probably have fucking concussion if they just hit a steel post head first. Yeah, hell's good. <laughs> <laughs> Motherfucker. I think I got off on commentary about that, too. They're like, well, it's a double count out, so they really can't add five more minutes. Yeah, it's like it's like fans chanting USA, USA when one guy from Canada and one guy from Japan are come shit. Like <laughs> common sense, people. Okay, from there we go to our semifinal match. Alex Kane, accompanied by Suge D, taking on Damian Tangra. Big fans of everybody in this. I'm a big fan of everybody in this match, and they they've got no time at all. Right. What what happened here, and what is going on with Alex Kane's career? Like. He's he was big time in MLW for a while. Um, I thought he was really on a trajectory all the way up. What's going on with him lately? You know, I've I've not been following this area of the country as much as I would like to, to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, but but Alex Kane was on like everybody's radar. I feel like he kind of disappeared on me a little bit. I mean, he's still working MLW. He was gone. He he just lost the. I don't know if it's aired or not yet. But I, MLW schedule's a little weird. But he just lost the open weight title to Davy Richard. At the last MOW taping a couple weeks ago. Okay. 
Yeah, come in. And he's been on a number of the Uncharted Territory show. He was on episode five, episode four. Well, I love I love him and Tangra together, and I love Tangra. He's he's awesome. But well, just, one, have, just questions. I, I have some bad news for you in that case. What? It seems like they're no longer together. Oh. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. I know <laughs> that. I'm just, I'm... Each other in this match, so. Yeah, yeah. They did not give them enough time to tell a story, though, that was cohesive here. I think they mentioned on the last action show is when he actually turned on them. Yeah. yeah. That would look like June, t- June 10th. They were in a two-on-one handicap match against Suge D. The Suge D won. And now they're on opposite sides and Suge D with Alex Kane. Because that all played together somehow. Like I've not been following the carry of the country like I should be. I think that was the, this is more to set something up than actually be a match. And yeah. we'll mention, they mentioned on commentary that Tangro is trying to get back at Suge D for something that happened the previous week. And they, and they didn't get enough time here to really go over, into that into too much detail. And again, if you follow the show, it's probably self-explanatory. You probably really didn't need any more explanation than that if you're watching the show every week. The problem, problem we run into is we record during that show most of the time, because we're not really able to follow it every week. But Yeah. But this match does not go very long at all. Uh, Kane does get a near fall, an early near fall off of Spear. Tangra making a comeback. Suge D interfered for the DQ. The match only goes 240. And then Merrick Donovan comes out to make the save. And apparently Suge D cost him his spot in the Discovery Gauntlet back in week four. And what can explain on commentary. Yeah. Uh, and assume at some point, if it wasn't on the show they did today, we're going get, to get Kane and Suge D against Tangra and Merrick Donovan at some point. Should be a banger of a match. I'll, I'm, I'm in for all that. I'll watch that. Definitely. Let's get into the region. We are covering this show here tonight. Yes, let's go. And it is AK Mac state of the independent address. So AK Mac comes out of the limo that was outside. So immediately it's like, fuck, it's not the robot after all that shit. What are we doing? But, but Mac, wearing a suit. He's dressed up properly, driven proper. He comes out into come out behind a podium. We see the ring crew getting up for the main event in the background, but the main event can death match. I mean, nice touch showing them actually setting it up. Aki Mako, oh, we, yeah, we've been, had the IWTV world title for a while. We need tag belt. And he unveils the new IWTV independent wrestling tag team championship. The belt, which is, by the way, it's about time they did that. They needed that. Those belts look so sick too. I like that. Yeah. They, they need that. If they want, they want more, you want to, you want to be more taken seriously. You need more credibility. You can't just have a champ. Tag belts are important. Probably a woman's belt is important, but um, I love I love the introduction of tag belts. Yeah, they, they have not said how they're going to award those belt yet. Uh, just put them on Violent Against Forever now. Be they're going to beat everybody. I, like why are we even bothering having a tournament or, or four way or anything? Just put them on Violent Against Forever to begin with and let them run over everybody for like a year and a half. Well, that's have, what's funny. I, that was the first for everybody's first instinct. The minute those belts popped up, it was. All right, give them to Dom and Koo. That's it. I mean, look, <laughs> they're the only team that has won IWTV's Tag Team of the Year. They at least have to, if there's like a tournament or something, they at least got to get like a buy or something. Like, they, it's, it's meant for them. No, of course. Just give it to them. That should be the inaugural champs. That should be it. You should try to, everyone in independent wrestling should try to take those belts from them. And Matt Goh going to continue that he started the Southeast first movement. If the Southeast was not getting the respect it deserved, he wanted to make sure that the IWTV World Title was represented in the Southeast. And now he's done that. And now you got the promoter in the Northeast and the Midwest and the West Coast going, hey, you know, we're not getting the respect we deserve. When are we going to get the title matching? And he came back and like, okay, well, I'm going to start defending the other place. 
Let's do it. Can we open contracts? And while he's explaining this, Ralph the Robot comes out from the limo. Did he teleport into the fucking thing? Like, how yes, he yes, he did. He, he has he has lucha powers, right? Marcy got his. Exactly. He was charging his lucha powers, and he ended up in the limo. He used all of it to tra- teleport to the limo. <laughs> he has no lucha powers left. Because there's only two logical explanations: either he teleported into the fucking limo, or he and AC Max showed up together for three fucking hours. Okay, none of anything, nothing else happened after that make fucking sense either. I like how it could have just been well, the camera wasn't on, he could have just went in. Yeah, he could have just went inside. No, he teleported, he, he for sure teleported. That's that's the <laughs> canon. We're going with it. <laughs> but like, if the camera was still outside, you don't think they would have given the Iggy to somebody inside going, um, guy, somebody going into the limo, you might want to get the camera, you might want to flip my camera. No, it's Listen, just, it's just on the one side, so I couldn't actually see if he crawled out. Right, he snuck in the other door. You don't have to see it. He did it. You know what? I was fine with it. But I was not fine with who was under that fucking mask. But that's another, well, that's a whole nother thingy. All right, we will get to it. So Max going to go on. Okay, you got a shot in the future. Just unmask. Show me who you are. And the robot's just staring at him. Show me who you are. Unmask. Robot's just staring at him. Unmask. Pie face him. Go so after the Ralph the Robot, throwing Mac into the ring, hitting him with a skewer, hitting him with a headlock driver. And then he grabs the, grabs the belt and unmasks and Atticus Kogar, which completely goes against every single fucking clue they gave about the robot's identity. Fuck you. I don't even care that <laughs> I don't even care that it was Atticus Kogar. I don't, that doesn't bother me that it was him. Do it. I don't care. Don't give a million fucking clues that indicate he's anybody. But fucking Atticus Kogar. Wait, what clues are you talking about? Uh, I've only re- I've only been wrestling for three years. I've only been wrestling for IWA Midcount. Fuck you. I- Listen, I was more disappointed that it was Atticus Kogar. Forget about the rest. I honestly thought that there was somebody different under there. I did not know who, but I did not. I thought I, I just did not see Atticus Kogar coming out from under there. But um, let's hope that AC Mac dispatches of this quickly. And the next season of Mass Wrestler, they change the format a bit. The end, they actually give you who it is. And then I don't have to search. And Marcy and I and you were, Jayhawk, we were all in Cleveland together searching. I I mean, I should have found Atticus Kogar. He was under our nose this whole time. This whole time. Yeah. How did we not? How do we not know he was there? I mean, I mean, I guess he was just stuck in Circle Six, so he just assumes he was like <laughs> he was basically like not existing. He, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, in the end, uh, what if, what if this whole Circle Six thing was just to send everyone off the track? Because they're like, no way, right? <laughs> There's no way someone would blow everything they have for Circle Six, but <laughs> Sir- there it is. Like, look, Circle Six is just, it's, it's been an implant in our minds. It doesn't actually exist. It doesn't exist, yes. <laughs> this is all viral marketing on behalf of the mass wrestler. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, I, I, uh, I, 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 I got here like trying to make sense of it going, okay, well, he's a heel, he's going to lie about shit. But the entire point of the fucking clue, so you could try to get who the fuck it is. Yep. The entire fucking point of giving the goddamn clue. Yep. Just don't give clues. Just go, I'm not giving you any clue because I don't want you to know who the fuck I am. Okay. That's still a heel. You know what I, you know what I say, Jayhawk? I double tap the IWTV app and moved ahead 10 seconds to get to the main event. 
that was the end of that for me as soon as I saw who it was. Well, the um, thing is, you said you were gonna you have to see this match now. No, I'm gonna watch it. I may not be there no, now you, that it you is said, you said you'd be there live. <laughs> Listen, I have been disappointed, Mars. It's not fair. <laughs> what if it's in Ridgefield Park? I'll go. I will go if it's in Ridgefield Park. <laughs> I'm sure that uh, someone will have something to say to me if I go in Richfield Park, but I- I'll go. I'll go to that one. Um, I am not assuming that this match is going to be on the largest stage, but we'll see. I have to imagine it's gonna. They're gonna do it uh, down here. Yeah, yeah. I'm I, I'm still under the assumption it's going to be the geek and finale of Uncharted territory until they announce otherwise. Right. That makes sense. I think Max can retain him. More, more importantly, out of all of this, is that he's going to be defending the title elsewhere. Yeah. So I'm excited to see where he's going to pop up at. Because I can't see the IWTV title being defended in Circle Six. It just can't happen. <laughs> Exclu- exclusively at Circle Six. <laughs> more like Circle K. That's really the only place I <laughs> That's. <laughs> I mean, with the fact that it is the IWTV championship, I think we're pretty safe to say that it's not going to be defended off kind of IWTV. What if, what if the guy that paid all this money for Simple Six bought out IWTV? You don't know that. What if Atticus Kogar wins the belt and defends it on a GCW show? Then you're even in more trouble. What oh. if he defends it on the settlement series? Right. That's what I'm Oh no! It all comes around. It comes back around. It's not going to be here, but that means Brett had to fucking try with those show, right? Which is, by the way, good lord. (laughs) While we're talking about that, good lord. Like literally, I just go with the. I didn't see anything besides the match lineup. I'm like, there's maybe one match on there that doesn't look like a total train wreck. Like it, like it. it, uh, Good lord. So we won't. We won't be reviewing that next week, will we? I don't we know. might have to. <laughs> we, we, might have to we have not reviewed bad wrestling in a while. Yeah, and people keep right up there with it's right up there with Ed's uh, uh, wrestling in a bathroom or whatever the hell he watched. And people came to enjoy when I get really pissed off because they're loving the robot shit right now. But I'm having a ball. Isn't anybody disappointed? I hope people are sad for me that after all of this, this is how it ended. I'm. It was very sad. I don't, anyway, I, I don't think I don't think most people cared as much as we do. I think most people just went out against Kogar really and moved on. And like I kind of that is I, true. And honestly, that would have been my reaction if it wasn't for the fact that every single clue he fucking gave on that show had nothing. It made no sense with the reveal. Yep. And I get he could heal. He could lie about shit. But come on. Ugh. Anyway, there is a main event. It's it a death a, match. It's a death match. Slade versus Cruel. Hey, can someone tell me what the fuck gusset plates are actually used for? Um, so I fa- I asked that question, by the way, Mars, and I found out that gusset plates, when you put like sheetrock together or some sort of wall together, it goes. It, it's how you you it holds the the you know the pieces together. Oh, I thought it was just some type of adhesive or some like some type of like architectural magic. Yes, it holds it holds it holds things together. That's my my understanding of what a gusset plate is, and my I, I don't I can't even understand where you where they where you whoever invented like using those, but those things yeah. But there's not one wrestler I care less about than Slade to be honest. So this match was another. It went from one giant disappointment to the next giant disappointment, which was Slade in a death match that I don't care about. 
And the best spot <laughs> of the entire match happened before the match ever started when Crow jumped off the fucking trailer. That fucking ruled. That, that ruled. That, that yes. Was great. That was the yes. best part of the entire match. Crow I wish he awesome. jumped on somebody different <laughs> and not sleep. And so it took two minutes to get the match into the ring. You can gut it plate. You can all kind of shit. Clay brink and a door covered with carpet strip. And you could tell the door was already broken before we ever got it out from underneath the ring. I think it was more for the carpet strips, not about the door. The I carpet, think the whole thing. The carpet strips held the door together. Yeah, it was That's, basically about throwing him into the carpet strip so the strips make the impact, not the door so much. Don't you know whenever you have a door that's fucked up, instead of just replacing it, you just put some carpet strips over it and it's fine. <laughs> that's what I have in my house. The carpet strips hold all my doors together. Oh, and then we then we bust out the hinder block. Now, how do you make a... Uh, I, don't, I don't even know. Cruel has got to be built like something else because that spot where Slade put the cinder block on his head... And then use the other cinder block to bash the cinder block into his head. I don't like spots like that. It looks terrifying, um, but they went ahead and did it anyway. And uh, and and Slade was still walking after. I mean, uh, Cool was still walking afterwards. So, now, remember we talked at the beginning of the show. If uh, if you're going to use a watermelon, that better be the finish. Yeah, he got he got a head busted open with a fucking cinder block and kicked out. Come on. Well, he's yeah, but guy, they did use. But he yeah, won but they, then. He's just inhuman. He can handle. Right, cruel is supposed to be more like inhuman, but they did use it as the end. I mean, it still was the finish, the center blocks. Yeah, it, yeah. Blade got choke slammed onto like fucking eight of them, I think. No, I thought it was a. Wasn't it like a, a front driver, like into oh, yeah, his yeah. head into the? You're right. The choke, the choke slam deal was into the light tube. He did, did like a beal throw into the light tube by the throat. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. We'll cut driver come put onto the cinder block, but 809, the time of the main event, which that's yeah, fine. Too long. I don't like Slade, and I'm not into death matches like that, like that, like this one. But it, yeah, I whatever. Thought, I thought Cruel was awesome. He's a scary dude. I don't I, I remember Dom mentioned something to us in, in the Discord about Cruel once, and I, I just I, he had didn't he have some sort of ridiculous cut on his back or something from a death match? Um, but that guy is is crazy. He's insane. And more, I, I like him. More of him. Yeah, more of him, less of Slade, even though I'm gonna have to see Slade at Creative Pro, but um yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, so I, I I understand why that pretty much had to be the main event, but the, they the, could have made the main event the the they could have made this the match before the state of the indies and then ended it with Kogar, but you know. Oh, I mean, I would, I would have ended it with, I would have ended it with uh, uh, Eric Royal and Joe Black, even though, even though they were non finish. I would, I would have ended it, I would have ended, ended it with that over anything else. Right. You know, but, but yeah, like, like I get why this was the main event, death matches, especially with you know, all the time it's going to take to clean up the ring, almost half to be. But yeah, like, I mean, overall, I'm going to give the show a thumbs up. Like I was not bored by the show. I didn't think any of the matches were bad necessarily. Obviously, obviously, you've heard me bitch about fucking robot, and I, I, yeah, it wasn't all good, but no, I had no, the show itself was very entertaining. The, the the robot thing was really hurt my feelings, and I won't forget that, Jerry. And then, am I the uh, only one happy? Okay, with the robot stuff, <laughs> I think so. Again, if it wouldn't have been for the fact that every single clue about the robot was not a clue about the robot, I do, I would have just been like, oh, okay, it is what it is. What the fuck. If he didn't beat Gangrel, I would have been a lot happier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
But um, yeah, no, it, 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 it took too long to get to that point in everything. And uh, I, I think the mass wrestler is kind of, it's kind of hitting its, its expiration date, so to speak. But um, yeah, let's hope that AC Mac gets through that challenge and moves on. We went from Lee Moriarty to Adagus Kogar. Yeah, there's state of the Indies. <laughs> it should be Derek Dillinger next year. That's what I say. I would say it should be Josh Bishop next year, but I'm hoping he signs somewhere before that happens. But yeah, right, we're in agreement then. Thumbs up with thumbs up. Yep, thumbs up. A little long, but thumbs up. All right, let's go ahead and start wrapping things up here. Marky, what do you got coming up here? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at eGirlFemboy, boy spelled B O I. You can find me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash eGirlFemboy. Check out my other podcast, X Over. Just recorded episode should be dropping. Had to cleanse the palate of Street Fighter, The Legend of Chun Li. So we watched Street Fighter 2, the animated movie. That movie fucking rules. Yep. Yes, it does. And that is, all. yo, I did not realize that in that shower scene with Chun Li, they show everything. <laughs> it's You could do anything it's, you want in animation. It's wild. Like, because uh, I, the previous version I had, that I watched the most when I was younger, was the censored version. Because I just had the copy that was on um, the Street Fighter 15th anniversary uh, PS2 game, but yeah, holy shit! There's some you just see some titty ass titties. That is a <laughs> wild movie. Everyone should watch it and then listen to our review when it drops this week. All right, you can follow me on Twitter at RefJayhawk. Follow me on Instagram at Jayhawk1539. Twitch uh, when I get a chance to twitch.tv forward slash RefJayhawk. This coming Saturday, I will be working for Mega Championship Wrestling. At Victory Park in North Ridgeville, Ohio. Yeah, for they're out. They got an outdoor show going on with some great match. Check that out if you're in the area. Uh, nice little VIP package there. Yeah, yeah. For those of you who like to get front row and be treated and be treated well, good stuff there. Go ahead, Jay Gold. Uh, you can find me at Jay Gold Twelve on Twitter. Uh, tomorrow I will be in my office. Uh, and please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to us. Don't forget about our merch store over at Brain Buster Tees. Um, actually, I have a friend who I met on the golf course the other day who was very interested in the IWTV Guide uh, merch. Um, so I think we'll be selling some hats and, and uh, sweatpants as we go. Um, remember to listen to all our podcast friends, Wrestling Cheers, Pod Van Dam, the Super Fantastic Podcast. If you catch my graph, the A-Show, at Odds with Wrestling, Marcy's own X over, and the card is going to change. Uh, don't forget our other friends, the official graphic designer of IWTV guy, JCP Designs, PWPonderings.com, Big Stark Brands, Set Tab Photo, Smoke and Jay's Barbecue, the best barbecue in Ohio, and Kayfabe Collectibles and the new the new Florida office of Kayfabe Collectibles. That is all I have. Hope everyone's going to have a great week. And I have the late great Bobby to bring in in one said, there are two types of music I hate, country and western. All right. Good night, everybody. We'll see you next week. See ya. This is that automatic. I stay fresh like a wrapped in plastic. Beat no plastic, see galactic. Southside for we Cadillacic. Charismatic, Asiatic. I hustle for mathematics. Cameras, action, change status. Actor, tap your favorite actress. Gucci, rocket, Gucci, pop it. Movie, watch it. Booties, chop it. Body, move it. Show it, move it. Style it. And be a fly. I touch the masses like a Catholic They smith the rap shit, my future's backlit And I act with the cat who matches stacks My vernacular tracks, y'all react, so let's go on This is that new shit, keep them standing in mind That universal mind control, now move your behind Look, you don't like it, it's called you the name 
exotic Like cash money, I stay in pocket UMC, rah 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 rah, don't stop it Six exotic, mixed hypnotic Superhero role, boy, I'm bionic You a fan, on some level, I'm a supersonic Girl, you got it, you can strip like comic And trans to melodic, technotronic Beats, rockin', seats, droppin', seats Poppin', streets, rockin', freakin', shakin' Money, makin', stylin', and bein' fly I'm the one the lady ladies chose to Strip back foes to Take off they clothes to Chose to the one that go Ghost to coast or Mr. Globo to Focal Let's go, uh This is that new shit Keep them standing in mind That universal mind control Now move your behind Look, you know you like it It's calling your name Nigga, this is that new shit And it don't feel the same It's got that bang, nigga, bang, 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 bang Bang, nigga, bang, 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 bang Bomb, nigga, bomb, bang, bang, bang To the top and I'm on my way Let's go on uh. This is that new shit Keep them standing in mind 